Thank you for joining XR Om, which is India's first AR/VR-focused podcast. And today, I'm delighted not to have with me Mr. Sriram, who's the co-founder and CEO of Dave AI, an AI-powered sales augmentation platform that helps brands drive sales with improved and interactive product discovery experiences using a virtual sales avatar that mimics a human sales brain. Earlier, he had been part of companies such as Wipro and HCL. Plus, InfiSwift, an IoT platform focused on solar energy, and Slurpin.com, an AI-led personalized food subscription flat platform. So, Sri Ram, really appreciate you taking time and being part of the podcast. Uh, we are in this exciting space of time when technologies are converging, and we are fast moving from a physical world to online or the digital world. You know, just maybe around. Uh, 15 years back or 10 years back you know the way we used to shop work play everything used to be completely physical you know we used to go to a kirana buy, buy things but then this amazon the online thing happened the web 2 and, and we have completely if not completely almost like a, a huge percentage of what we do you know shopping and everything is, is done online so now this this transition post covid has been accelerated and post the the rebranding of facebook to meta from being a social media to a metaverse company has like really accelerated accelerated thing and there's this huge hype cycle about metaverse so i think it'll be great if we start with you possibly explaining what metaverse is to the audience Uh, thanks, Eddie. First of all, for having me. Uh, glad to be uh, here on your podcast. Um, I don't know. Is there a definition for metaverse? Uh, so to define, I think there are two key parts to it, right? One is um, how how does physical interactions, what used to happen in the physical world, replicate as close as it can be in virtual worlds, right? It can be anything. It can be industrial. Uh, it can be marketing. Uh, it can be experience driven. but what is an experience that you would get in the physical world how close can it get to in the real world all right so i think that's one pillar which is the visual uh, experience right and that's where um, it 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 becomes much more immersive if you have a virtual reality device but a metaverse is not technically defining it's not limited to only virtual reality devices it of course gives you a better experience when you're in a virtual reality device but for you know in absolute uh, terms i don't think it has anything to do with a device or or an ecosystem of devices alone it's it's just a larger principle of a virtual world right the second part of it is how do customers uh, or users uh, you know engage in these conversations so we are a b2b enterprise driven platform so uh, you know we predominantly most of my Uh, opinions and uh, you know uh, understanding might be limited to the uh, you know the enterprise and and use case specific world not possibly so uh, you know I just wanted to set that context if, uh, you know for people who are listening so in the, the second part is uh, our presence so we saying that you've been looking at a screen uh, you've been uh, you know consuming content right but you've not necessarily be you're not not necessarily creating content or creating experiences as you do this so when customers are part of an experience that anybody builds 
right? Of course, your identity inside a virtual world becomes an avatar. Uh, in that case, this avatar can be an avatar that you're controlling, or actually, if you have, uh, you know, devices, wearables that you have, you could actually be mimicking what the avatar does. But you have a presence in this virtual world, right? And that presence is not presence is not uh, you know static or it's not recorded it's actually real time which then makes both of this come together that there is an interactive virtual world where you can now do stuff much more efficiently effectively uh, you know compared to what happens in the physical world now of course like you specifically mentioned there are a convergence of technologies uh, which is coming together which are web3 is one of the more important layers uh, that that happens here um, and then there is uh, probably crypto, uh, right? Uh, which, which, which I'm not a specialist on, so I will not talk too much about it, uh, right? I will leave the experts to demystify that part. But at least Web3 allows users to have much more control on uh, the data that they own and share, right? As I leave it to that, uh, you know, to simplify it. Uh, but that's just an enabler, right? As how 5G could be an enabler, Right, Web3 would be an enabling layer, but uh, an existence of metaverse would not necessarily be dependent on that. Today, of course, that technology is evolving, so you can leverage that, but it, nobody will define that. No, no, you cannot call it a metaverse because it's not Web3, it's not on a Web3 ecosystem. Right, I, that's my take on it. You know, it's absolutely not, uh, you, you know, not the uh, you know industry uh, standard there. Uh, but but yes, it is going to be enabled through a convergence of technologies. But according to me, this will be a simple way in which I will define what a metaverse is. Thank you for you know explaining it so beautifully. And so you mentioned you know the the first layer is the experience layer, the experiential layer. It ex uh, uh, enables that and also enables presence. You know that uh, because no matter what with a two D uh, medium, it kind of restricts us. You know we know that you are uh, it, it, it. I mean it's it's broken the barrier or, or boundary and uh, geography, and it it can make us interact in in, in a second. But we still know that I mean you know you, you are behind that. 2D the, this thing with maybe the, the, the metaverse with us wearing uh, maybe head wearable devices or even through uh, 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 your phones uh, and possibly you'll be able to experience and like an hologram image right next to you and that that will enable presence and the convergence you said of technologies the web 3 the AI the IOTs and everything so yes a, a exciting space now yeah again I mean you know since you mentioned that you you uh, I mean, B2B enterprise is is your zone. So would you be able to kind of elaborate on, on this physical to online transition, you know, that we are on? Mm -hmm. What are the use cases that you think are going to be prominently that will open up in, in, the, in the next few years when it comes to the metaverse and this physical to online transi uh, transition? Um, I think uh, first of all, the physical to digital transition, right? It's a, it's an evolution that we've been on, uh, right? And it's, uh, I think the evolution, virtual reality is not new, uh, right? So it's been around for quite some time. Of course, it, everything has to come together, right? Every user today has, like we said, we are all on, you know, hundreds of Mbps uh, worth uh, internet speeds. Uh, you know, which which was not the case, uh, you know, a decade back, it was much slower. Uh, a decade back, it was, you know, just getting online uh, itself used to be a task, right? And I remember when we were in school, there was this concept of saying that you could actually have a call and then see the person 
wherever they are that used to be like a, a you know a, a fantasy world right but today we are consuming uh, you know video calls like uh, you know uh, uh, it's it's just part and parcel of what we do that it's there is no vanity to it so i think in the technology evolution of course has to be supported uh, you know by a, an entire ecosystem coming together right that has to do with software uh, has to do with regulations has to do with hardware has to do with consumers being ready and uh, you know uh, aware about consuming that and are able to use it effectively so uh, there is no there is no questioning i think nobody would question this fact that we are moving more digital the world is becoming a much smaller place and it is for the good because uh, you are able to now connect across geographies across functions uh, to people whoever you want to uh, which is also transforming uh, you know industry segments like never before right um, i'll talk about a couple of examples as we move forward but specific to your further question on the use cases right i think we can sort of uh, face into that there are for us i think uh, when we look at it we look at it as three key use cases right one is the most popular which is the gamified world right it is uh, games have already always been 3d uh, it is a new generation of customers who are predominantly gamers uh and they consume this content much more effectively uh, than anybody else we call it gen z or whatever we want to but you know it's 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 people who are digital natives i would say in whatever generation they are in uh, now brands are leveraging this gamified experiences to create affinity with customers right that's what you know people are doing and through that there are use cases created we'll get to that later but predominantly it's a gamified world where you can gamify a discovery experience right it's like going into a mall you go into a mall because not just because a store is there but you get that entire experience right so that's what you know a, a lot of people are uh, are doing and the success of roblox in some sense is a, is a great validation that you know there is clear adoption and space there it can be game companies uh, building these experiences and having tons of users social media companies creating these experiences or brands creating the, these experiences right so that's one part the second part is uh, you know sales and marketing right when it comes to sales and marketing uh, product launches uh, selling your products for complex segments or at least visually compelling products um, so these are virtual experiences so we worked with maruti suzuki in creating nexaverse which is a virtual showroom experience where customers can come and you know create cars so which means that uh, if my dad wants to buy a car tomorrow he, we don't have to travel uh, to each other's location to either of our locations uh, you know he can be in his virtual showroom i can be uh, i can join him in that experience and we can have a conversation about the car check out the car in different configurations all of this happens and then you make a purchase decision right a simple example of that right you can think about it for a bank it could be a virtual branch uh, you know um, and so on and so forth right uh, so sales experiences or sales and marketing driven experiences also product launches events uh, right an extension of that that's an entirely different space virtual events i'm not talking about it but sales and marketing as a as an overall concept is a big big pillar and a, and a rapidly adopting space is industrial metaverse where you're able to collaborate and design and uh, you know do all of that in a in a collaborative experience 
which I think there are tons of players. We are not in that space, but there are a lot of players, uh, you know, uh, really picking that up. Uh, you know, uh, much earlier, five, six years back, Google, uh, the Google Glass, right? The Google X, I think they, they called it, was a, uh, you know, there's no VR there. It's augmented reality. But then you could wear uh, your uh, Google Glass and then in a factory, and it, it is a digital experience. It's a collaborative experience. Somebody in a different geography can give you commands while you are looking at the machine and actually operating, right? Aircraft design, so on and so forth. There are various use cases where in industrial metaverse side. So these are three distinct pillars. Of course, there are fringe use cases, but I think these are three distinct pillars where we see significant adoption. And we fall in the, the, the middle part, which is sales and marketing. Uh, that's where we help brands allow their customers to discover these products better. Uh, you know, in virtual worlds. That's our play in this world. Uh, Exciting things happening. So you mentioned yeah. about this this convergence, which is, I mean, the transition from the physical to the digital transition, you know, I mean, you know, there, there are the traditionalists who are playing a wait and watch game. And there are the front movers such as yourself and others who, who understand, who have a foresight and are uh, moving towards that direction. Though there is, you know, there's a lot of apprehension because I think forever, uh, uh, we 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 have you know held back the thought that you know like, like through through history I think we we were like you know when the TV first came in you know we we used to tell tell our kids like oh you we watch too much TV and it, it, it's gonna be bad for uh, your eyes and then the computer happened the same thing you know uh, and but I, I think we we are we need to understand that this natural course of evolution and, and the kids, the Gen, Gen Z that you, you spoke about, they are digital natives. My son, seven-year-old boy, you know, I used, I grew up watching TV where I used to get up. There was no remote, you know, I used to go turn the knob, you know, and, and, and put it on. And, and then came the remote, you know. But today, you know, when he's, he, he, how he engages with TV is completely different. He speaks to Alexa. He says, Alexa, uh, I, I want to watch this Alexa. I want. So so for these digital natives, you know, they're, they're, uh, and what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that uh, the consumers are have already or are transitioning and moving on to the digital world. And the brands enterprise have to be where the uh, the consumers are. So I think more and more brands and enterprise needs to be cognizant about that physical to transition move, and 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 figure out the strategy so they are better prepared for for the future. Now you are the founder of Dave AI. Uh, would you like to talk about Dave AI and and the products that you guys are building? Yeah, maybe very briefly. I don't want this. Want to make this a uh, you know uh, uh, what do you call it a sales pitch in some sense. But uh, yeah, uh, so I'll I'll talk about it in the context of the space that we are talking about, right? So we believe in uh, uh, we believe in the hypothesis. We we have three fundamental pillars uh, that that we are betting on in some sense, right? In terms of what the future is going to be. Now that we spoke about it briefly previously, but I'll just touch upon that, which is this transition from two D to three D. Uh, right, that's the foundational pillar that we believe. Uh, a classic example, as simple as it is, Amazon having uh, 3D views of all products today, most products. Right, it's 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 very simple, straightforward, but it it allows you to have a better experience of that product. Now, of course, in a car, uh, you know, uh, we we have a use case uh, like in Maruti Suzuki, the same one I'm talking about again. But today, uh, a dealer, sales executive is going into a tier three location where there's no showroom, but he's able to carry a virtual reality device with him 
and go and show all the 13 cars uh, or, or eight cars or six cars that are available in that particular channel through a virtual reality device. And, and the person is wearing it in a, in a small, uh, you know, mobile store and thinking what is the right choice to make, right? And then deciding, okay, I want, and then do I have to visually see the car? And they don't need to because they have seen and experienced the car with a friend, but, you know, they're able to get that sales experience at the comfort of their place, right? So, uh, the 2D to 3D is one key pillar. The second part is, like I said, the virtual avatars, right? So we are we started with the work on virtual avatars in 2020, uh, but our work is predominantly on the brand side to say, okay, there are these tons of companies who will come and enable you create avatars, including Meta and Real Player Me and so on and so forth. You will have avatars that we believe will to companies will have to open them up. You are you will own your avatar, right? You would not want to create an avatar for Meta, an avatar for Google, and an avatar for you will have one virtual presence wherever you create it. And we believe there will become a time where you will be able to cross-leverage that across all experiences. Um, uh, at least one of the players will have to open that up, like you sign in with your Google account today in most of the uh, accounts, right? Something like that would happen, but brands will have their representatives. Right. So, and these representatives cannot just be dumb uh, avatars that look like you. Right. In most cases, our research suggests that you would never want an avatar to look like you. Right. While that's a common trend, can this avatar look like me? But if I had an option to create an avatar, I would create a much better looking, uh, more stylish avatar than uh, a replica of me because I've lived this life. Uh, right mostly i would want a fantasy uh, avatar in my virtual world right that's just a just a part of it but brands will have their representatives and we will be predominant first interactions between users and brands would be through these avatars and finally it's going to be speech you you took a classic example of your son uh, you know talking to uh, your television and I think that's the future, right? There is going to be no user experience, right? Nobody would want to fiddle around a UI, think about what this button will do. Uh, you have people coming with UI frameworks. I think uh, it will be there in some sense uh, because it, it has to be there, but eventually people will interact with uh, devices through speech and voice. And the technology is, is already there. We are using it on maps. We're using it with Alexa, Google Home and all of that. And I think that's, that's fairly involved. So we're trying to bring all these three together betting on this evolution that's happening uh, and then saying that every brand will have an immersive experience in the next decade right that's our bet there is today some people are taking a back seat there are i know it adopters early adopters laggards but every large enterprise who's going to sell to a brand, sell to end consumers will need to have an immersive experience right it's like uh, having that online store or a physical store they would want to you know, allow customers to experience. It's an ecosystem, it will evolve, but we believe it will be there. And we want to enable these brands to create these experiences. Right? That's that's what we uh, you know, are looking at. Right, yeah, so, so you rightfully pointed out, you know, I think brands uh, need to understand that uh, eventually, I think everyone, every all of these brands will need to have some kind of its its existence on the metaverse platform because that the transition has already happened you know it's the 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 customers are already moving on onto the digital world you you mentioned about uh, these ai avatars this digital identity and and you said that why would you want to have your digital identity identity you know the same visual appeal or face, face same visual uh, appearance such as such as uh, yourself uh, 
talk to me a little bit more about that you know because there there's lots of pros and cons you know when you're talking about digital identity you know right now at this point of time you know none of the authors uh, ready player me i have any kind of ai integration onto it but dave ai is working on ai integration onto uh, these authors okay right. uh a first of all maybe just talk about the business use cases what yeah. would be the business use cases how could businesses uh, integrate uh, these uh, intelligent avatars you know how would they uh, you know engage with the customers yeah. and, and and maybe paint a picture of maybe like further down you know when when you when you have these convergence of technologies that we spoke about you know with these iots you know where all the physical world is being uh, you know have got scanners uh, and uh, uh, these in fact even possibly with the healthcare you know maybe we, we will have these uh, digital avatars where all of our uh, biomarkers are, are being read and these digital twins so 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 maybe paint a picture of what 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 could be the maybe no goes in, in the future that maybe we need to avoid because currently our social media you know it is you know is a way to you know create a lot of problems you know because uh, uh, the anonymous uh, identity of yourself and and you know you can do what you want and stuff like that so what 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 are the no goes that you see what are the problem areas you see you know when when you have these ai digital smart avatars we believe intelligence is important because um, you know we cannot like mundane tasks are anyways being automated right so i have a product and i have somebody to explain that product to somebody as simple as so probably could doing a quick demo right today we have demo videos right in some sense demo videos are also replacing people because people are coming and checking out that videos right uh, today we are going to do this and let's assume that uh, this is our core business but if you record and put it out there and there are people multiple watching it instead of us doing you know tons of episodes to different people so uh, anyways as a, as an as an evolutionary change mundane tasks will be taken over by automation intelligence uh, etc and people will have to upskill themselves to do better jobs right but uh, so in a when i come to a website you know as simple as a use case and i'm looking at content right what if somebody can explain that to me right and today i have large brand has millions of customers coming into their platform uh, you know on their digital platforms every month and uh, can can an avatar uh, you know explain that a uh, product or service to the customer or represent the brand in this virtual world right it is a virtual world eventually so you would want a representative in that space right you cannot now hire a bunch of people and say whenever somebody comes why don't you wear a vr device and and greet them right how do you qualify what qualified conversations you so we believe that brands will have their digital representatives in these spaces but they cannot put dumb representatives on these spaces they cannot just put good looking representatives on the spaces all that is important but it has to represent the brand's product services their ethos and uh, all of that so we need to have an ai sales brain we are in the sales world so we help companies generate more revenues through these avenues and hence we help these help train these avatars to sell right when do i nudge uh, you know when do i motivate the customer to do something more Uh, so those are the things that we are working on it's a it's an online learning genetic algorithm in the back end that's trying to understand who the customer is contextualize the conversation and try and move the customer ahead um, so it's a clear revenue driven use case in our scenario but there are going to be other important use cases like healthcare education 
uh, right? And that provides access, right? So accessibility to a larger population, where not in the developed countries, but in the developing economies or in the underdeveloped economies, right? When these avatars are good enough to have the first set of conversations, do first cut diagnosis with a certain set of rules, right? Which are going to be fairly accurate. And whenever you're not right, even today, no AI bot gets everything right every time, right? General purpose AIs are there. They're good, but it's not like I, we get it right all the time. And at that point, I can actually rely on human intelligence. But if you're able to then expose that, then this actually is, is for the larger good, right? Because accessibility is a big issue. And it is because, uh, you know, know-how is limited with a certain set of people, right? Once you can democratize it and, and avatars create a digital human form factor there, and if it is backed by an AI brain, the applications are immense, right? We are doing a very specific business use case, but uh, you know, the moment you get into education or to healthcare, et cetera, then you, know, the, you can imagine what real impact it can cause uh, to everybody, right? But of course, the, the technology has to evolve. Healthcare, today you have bots uh, you know, that do uh, you know, uh, for use cases like mental health, right? People would be more open to talking to bots because, uh, you know, as long as the bot is able to fairly empathize and then get help and then come back because you don't want to share this with, uh, you know, an actual person, right? So avatars have their own, um, you know, uh, advantages. The no-goes, uh, there are risks with, with systems like deep fake uh, coming up, right? Deep fake is also has a strong business use case. Uh, like like what a lot of brands have done, uh, but it also has the other side of it where it can be leveraged, uh, you know, for creating content that is, you know, and then assimilated in social media, you know, for whatever uh, gains that that uh, a specific group of individuals would want and so on and so forth. So even if as a as a large lead, uh, you know, personality or a leader would not have said something, it's very easy to manufacture content and 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 propagate, and then it's about the regulatory authorities to pin that down. So technology has that. Uh, you know, uh, alter side to it, especially in the avatar uh, sort of use case. And not those are not avatars, I would say. Those are just recordings and then, you know, deep fake pushed into it. In some sense, they, they become digital identities. So that's the place where we have not ventured into, especially because of this risk, right? Because when we push the envelope and technology there, then that technology can be leveraged for something bad. So how do we sort of restrict that is, is how we've looked at it. Yeah, so that's that's my quick take on uh, you know, the two points that you spoke about. Right. Uh, you, you mentioned about uh, AI, which could empathize, you know, and, and that's such a cool thing. So far, I mean, you know, the AI, we, we, we're in a narrow space and you mentioned about artificial general intelligence, you know, we, we're a little far away from that. But yes, there are so many people who, who I mean, groups and researchers around the world who are working on AGI. Uh, you, you have a patent pending empath empathetic AI technology. Would you like to talk about that? And maybe what could be the applications that you are looking at, you know, once yeah. you... Yeah. Uh, so, uh, see, what we wanted to uh, specifically look at is to understand the context of a conversation in relevance to the business that the user is interacting in, right? So, for example, if I walk into a car showroom, right, I have to empathize in a certain boundary of, of stuff. Of course, I need some general intelligence, uh, right, to understand, you know, probably the emotions of customers, the types of words they use and questions they use, etc., and not to offend the customer by you know, telling something uh, that the bot might say, which is not relevant to that particular situation. Um, there is, again, within empathetic AI, there is the general empathy, 
but when I've been, because we are trying to work with a very narrow space and that's the way to solve, we will need people like different teams work on different specific use cases. And of course, larger groups like Google and, you know, OpenAI and all of that, where they are trying to do work which which is at scale right both of this come together to sort of then deliver a great experience so we're trying to limit ourselves to uh, product discovery uh, you know sales and marketing as as a use case so it's more about discovering products that a brand sells so we sort of you know converge that extremely narrow focus for us uh, when it comes to empathetic ai and the empathy is in the context of a sales conversation right so can i get as good as you know your best salesperson uh, who, you know, I've, I've interacted myself with, you know, a bunch of people where it's just that interaction that convinces you to engage with that uh, product or brand, right? Because uh, they're able to really articulate it and they're able to articulate the value proposition specific to your use case. And most most often than not, you miss engaging or purchasing or experiencing great products because you have a bad experience with, uh, you know, an individual who's representing that brand. Uh, it's so, uh, it's a very... Uh, you know, uh, not not so focused parameter when it comes to technology, right? You just put a bot out there, but uh, the idea is to try and see what has worked for you, um, and and how is it changing now, right? Uh, with with AI, so that's that's the empathy that that we are specifically talking about, and the patent pending part is what happens is that during this conversation in real time. So even in this conversation, right, I'm saying something and then that you're resonating with that. And we are talking about a very narrow topic, right? And you, your podcast itself is focused on a very narrow topic. But even within that, you're able to navigate this conversation based on my inputs and relevance to my context, my our business's context, et cetera. And the same is happening, with, you know, when I'm talking back to you. So that level of empathy, at least we should get to, to start with, right? Uh, and then we sort of, move forward in our case right uh, if but yes uh, the the technology itself the layer fundamental layer that we are building at some point it can actually be leveraged for other use cases uh, and we hope that we'll be able to work with other partners we're trying to push the envelope in terms of research we do have r&d consortiums with academia uh, we work with uh, KTH Stockholm, where one of my co-founders had did his PhD from. Um, we work with IIT Guwahati, Triple IIT Hyderabad. So there are a bunch of good academic research work that's happening. We're also trying to engage with them so that you know we're able to also bring that in real life use cases a bit more faster, and uh, you know apply this intelligence uh, in in real world use cases. Yeah, congratulations. And, and I, I think that's the way to go, you know, because I think the most of the cutting edge of, of research and innovation is happening in academia and you can, and, and the brightest mind who uh, agile, nimble, frugal can like really go out and get the, get things done are, are, are the entrepreneurs, you know, and, and, and that combination is, is so deadly, you know, and, and, and I think collaboration is, is the key for uh, every entrepreneur who, who's kind of listening. So, so, so tell me, I mean, for those entrepreneurs in you know, the startup community who, who are listening and who would want to get into you know building like a metaverse uh, a, a, a ai solution what would be your advice because you know even the the ai training cost is declining rapidly so how, how do you think that's going to impact the industry and some advice to uh, entrepreneurs who want to get into this yeah so entrepreneurs generally hate advice so i should stay away from from that uh, because sometimes uh, what happens is general advice uh, you know uh, always has to be contextual right um, it, it it sometimes works uh, for you or uh, against you because 
you know my experience might uh, will, will actually i'll be biased uh, by my experience and uh, i i strongly believe the new folks are extremely talented and you know they have a much wider world view than than some of us have but but yeah uh, predominantly i believe the ecosystem today is far uh, uh, open and and uh, far developed compared to what it was even four years back or three years back, right? Infrastructure costs, availability of infrastructure and, uh, you know, uh, access to information, uh, right? And especially deep tech uh, as an ecosystem. I think we had uh, in NASCOM Deep Tech Club, which we are part of, is, is, a, is a premier, uh, you know, deep tech club in, in, in the country. Uh, we had very limited startups when we started off with, but today there are, you know, even the number of applications applying to the program is increased significantly. So um, I think the only advice is to sort of look at it as a, as a contribution to the larger ecosystem and not be too closed in what you're building, right? Today, we come across a lot of organizations where we talk to them and they're like, no, no, this cannot coexist with what you're building because we could be in competing spaces, right? But I believe that we are we are probably not even scratching the surface today, right? And as entrepreneurs, generally, that sort of limits, uh, you know, it is because of various uh, pressures that the entrepreneur might uh, come across that they tend to build something and sort of protect that too much. It becomes, uh, you know, uh, interoperability becomes a challenge. And today, as a as a platform, we even are going and talking to enterprises who build their own metaverses with probably somebody else and figuring out ways to coexist, right? Because we believe that only when it becomes an ecosystem is when this will move forward. So the only advice is not technology advice, probably a business approach, uh, not an advice, but a take that I have is, uh, and we as an organization have in, in terms of how we build our tech itself, is that, uh, you know, today, for example, somebody wants to build a metaverse and they come to us, right? How many experiences can we conceptualize? Uh, you know, how many games can we develop, right? At, at what pace? So unless I'm open, and allow creators to come in and create on top of our platform, let them use it, contribute to our core base, uh, to the experience that we're building. And I think that's the secret sauce, uh, you know, if you want to open up, right? It, it cannot be closed as an innovation. It has to be open so that then is when the real power of this, uh, you know, uh, sort of gets gets picked up. Together, there is so much we can do, you know, uh, innovation could be accelerated. And that was plain to see with COVID, you know, with COVID, what happened normally, you know, when you create a vaccine, it's, it's a process of like four to eight years, you know, from the, the creation to, you know, reaching the market. But you managed to do it in six months because of global collaboration. And just imagine what innovations we could see if we all kind of figured a way to work uh, together. Uh, would, would you like to talk about the bleeding, a cutting edge of innovation that's caught your attention in the space of metaverse and AI? Yeah, so uh, see, um, metaverse itself, I think people have implemented it uh, well. Uh, Nike land, for example, is a classic use case, right? The, the uh, cutting edge there, I believe, is not just about the tech, right? I think Tech is something we get, you know. There is there is so much uh, there is so there is so much know-how and and resources available today, right? People are smart, uh, right? It's the use case that we don't get, right? Or the use case or the application of it is is what we generally don't get, right? And and I think execution is, uh, you, you know, I think cutting innovation, I think is in the is is 
is largely also in the uh, in the space of what do you call it how how it's executed right how an idea is is executed so uh, we were pretty uh, amazed with, with the adoption that, that 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 nike has done and in what they've done achieved with it and i think they got the entire uh, piece right with with being in the right space they of course used an open uh, another ecosystem uh, where it was launched but they also had the right uh, you know, partner where they are, who they acquired, created digital assets, also backed it up with physical assets, right? So the cool digital play there, and it all came together, uh, right? And I think that execution really, you know, is something that we try and replicate, right? Because it cannot be just to say that, uh, you know, there is this whole monkey picture joke that goes around, but, uh, you know, it cannot be a digital asset for the sake of a digital asset, Right. It cannot be an NFT for the sake of an NFT. Uh, it cannot be a smart contract for something that, you know, uh, if you look at it, it has to make sense, right? It has to just make sense. Now, it need not make sense for everybody, right? Now, will you buy a digital sneaker? That may not be, uh, you know, common sense for everybody. But you're going to talk to your seven-year-old. He may resonate with that, right? I was talking to my co-founder. His son is also about 10 years old. And, uh, you know, uh, he was talking about a birthday party where all of these folks came and they spent the day, you know, playing games and discussing, you know, how cool their avatar is in that game, what they're doing, etc. So they would want to accessorize their avatar in that space, right? It makes sense for them, right? So it has to make sense for the target audience, uh, right? It cannot, but what has happened is because that happened then everybody were talking about this and that became a huge fad. And then, of course, it, it crashed and then... Uh, but but people who have done it well are still continuing to do it. So I think it's about that execution that we try to learn from uh, and not about how cool your space is and because we are not the only ones who can build it, right? There is tons of every, I mean, anybody who wants to put their mind and effort to it and have the technology capability can build something. So uh, yeah, I would, I would like to sort of focus on that part. And I think how Web3 as a core tech, right? Uh, I think we believe that there are multiple players. So I don't want to talk about just one layer, but I think the, the power that tomorrow consumers will have. So for example, today I'm going and leaving my mobile number, for example, on a platform. What happens to that data, right? You know, uh, an irrelevant person gets that uh, information. Forget about me being on DND or not being on DND. I'm, uh, you know, uh, my information is somehow compromised there. Right, as a very basic, very simple use case that everybody gets. Now, what if I have control to that? Right, what if I'm entering into a smart contract with you as a brand uh, when I'm sharing my details? I think that's that's what is exciting for us in the space as we move forward, where we're giving, we're gonna, if it gets decentralized and if you're able to give the power to the consumer, uh, then brands are going to, uh, you know, respect you, of course, and as consumers, you have. Uh, you know, the decision-making of where you want to be, what you want to share, what you want to experience. I think uh, this this convergence is what is very exciting for us. Right. A completely exciting space, exciting space for uh, the brands, but I think extremely exciting space for the consumers because so far consumers have been, uh, or the data has been hoarded, manipulated, and so on and so forth. But I guess, you know, going forward, if, if the... Uh, 
if we actually get into a world which is decentralized and interoperable that we are all talking about uh i think things it, it's going to be a huge huge game changer i don't even know if the big brands the big tech companies are even ready for decentralization or interoperability how that kind pans out is is a big uh, question through the course of conversation you mentioned about you know building uh uh the maruti suzuki uh, metaverse platform nexa verse uh, uh, and you have also built out a, a virtual bank for karnataka uh, tira uh, could could you talk about the these two use cases and, and what have been the benefits for them so uh, yes absolutely uh, exciting in fact uh, karnataka bank tira uh, was one of the first virtual avatars uh, you know in the banking space as a digital human that was deployed on a you know a digital kiosk the idea was a digital bank uh, where you could go in and this becomes a concierge where you can interact with dira and conduct all your banking services and uh, this use case uh, we also then launched the avatar maruti's virtual assistant on maruti's web pages so these avatars existed even before this whole buzz of metaverse right and we saw use cases it was not because of any fad uh, or anything like that we really saw value delivered to these brands in sheer numbers of number of cars sold number of loan applications processed and so on and so forth so we were able to make clear differences there and of course maruti suzuki was an early adopter they had a great use case where they had to sell a car which was still not available in physical show all physical showrooms which is a grand vitara uh, we launched the grand vitara in the nexaverse which is maruti suzuki's initiative which started off in the in in, in the metaverse with nexaverse now we are sort of expanding that use case to various other channels etc uh, and we are seeing significant uh, you know uh, adoption Uh, to that platform it's now available in all showrooms so you can go into a showroom as well and then get teleported into an experience uh, what you cannot experience in the showroom or cars that are not available in the showroom can be taken care but also in the comfort of your home you can do that uh, you can uh, you will be able to do joint uh, you know showroom visits like i spoke about uh, right when you are in two different geographies so th- these are clear use cases and uh, this is about virtual product discovery uh, so we believe Uh, with people less number of people walking into physical stores and physical spaces virtual stores virtual branches virtual spaces will become inevitable right they, they have to exist because customers would demand that i would want to go and check out your product in a bit more sirf itna hi website mein jo image dikh raha hai or should i go and uh, you know uh, ask for something more right do you have something else can i have a more interactive experience i think customers are going to ask for it they already are engaging with this but they will ask for it soon it will become the norm right so you will need it uh, so that's that's how it's going to be and these are the two use cases uh, we are doing a couple of more implementations which will be live uh, in december which is for a large private sector bank one of the largest oil and gas players in the country um, so yeah we believe that uh, we are enabling enterprises to join this bandwagon without having to worry about regulatory compliances sharing data etc whatever the enterprise wants have complete control on this and we are able to deploy flexibly allow them to deploy wherever they want to but still share their experiences with the world and also share it with other customers so uh, we are trying to become a or we are today uh, a more enterprise friendly metaverse platform if i may call it so uh, and also trying to get them uh, you know uh, limit the barriers to entry that an enterprise has because it's easy for a consumer brand to onboard but it's very difficult for a large corporate brand to to onboard right because of policies regulations and so on and so forth so we're trying to enable that um, for these institutions 
Lovely. Shriram, really appreciate you taking time, being part of the podcast, sharing your insights. And yeah, it's an exciting space. You guys are doing a great thing. Uh, my last question, for those enterprise who would who are playing a wait and watch game, uh, what would you tell them and what would be like the advice, like, like baby steps that they should take to, you know, be future ready? Yeah, I think there will be use cases for every enterprise uh, where this makes sense, right? Uh, for sure, you should wait and watch if you don't have a right use case, uh, right? Or your customers, you don't think you are, your customers are suited for this. Uh, but, you know, uh, every enterprise, I think, today needs to be relevant to the next generation of customers. That's my simple thing, right? Uh, my daughter would not have affinity to a car manufacturer or, a, uh, you know, a bank, banking service provider or an apparel brand which would not be present in the world that she's going to be present in or, or like your son right they are going to have affinity to brands that they will relate to and to at least to create that relatability you will need to be in this platform right uh, that's that's a classic use case that every consumer facing uh, enterprise can think about and uh, you know that's a great starting point as well if you're still waiting and watching and figuring out what that is uh, you know they may not be purchases today but uh, you will create, uh, you know, an affinity with the next generation of customers that uh, are, are going to be going to be largely spending digitally uh, and, and also not be too worried about savings in retirement, etc. They're going to be splurging also. Uh, so uh, that's the generation that, uh, you know, you can you can start targeting. Right. And uh, that would probably cut off this wait and watch game because you will find a use case for them. Lovely. Shriram, really appreciate you taking time being part of the podcast. Wish you and your team the very best. And I think the notes, whatever you said last, are profound. I'm going to leave it to there. Uh, and I hope the, the, the listeners, the enterprise take in and uh, act. So thank you for being part of the podcast. And to my listeners, if you like what you see in here, then please press the subscribe button. And until next time, see you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you, Shriram. Really appreciate this.